This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me David Frost. David leveraged the Phoenix-like experience of 9-11, is a master fitness trainer and a rowing coach for adaptive athletes and youth. He is a former national champion in his age group and a world medalist in 2018 for Masters Rowing. He launched Kaboomer Thriving and Striving in your 90s to help baby boomers like him live longer and better. Thank you for joining me today. Roman, what a pleasure. Thank you. I know it's uh, um, Triskaidekaphobia Day, so happy Black Cat Friday the 13th. And like you, I have a Movember thing going to uh, try to help folks remember that men's health is pretty important. So happy Movember, and I hope all, half of your audience uh, uh, takes uh, moves out on um, thinking about better men's health. I appreciate you coming on. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Golly, <laughs> uh, it's an understatement, Roman, to say that I've been around a few blocks a few times. Um, I am smack dab born in the middle of the baby boomer generation. I was born on a Friday uh, in uh, February 1953. My folks named me after Dwight David Eisenhower, the Happy Days president, uh, and also um my middle name is Emerson, so I'm blessed to be in a, a lineage of Emersons. Uh, some folks may know Ralph Waldo Emerson was a man of letters, and maybe we'll get back to that in a minute when, <laughs> if we talk about uh, digitally writing uh, self-published books. Uh, so I was born in 1953, had a wonderful Happy Days experience. I was born in Vermont, grew up in New Jersey. Uh, I think of my life, just to cut, cut to the chase, I think of my life probably in three periods, four rivers and maybe five not so golden rings that kind of got me to where I am. Um, the first 22 years of my life were kind of growing, learning about myself, getting through school, graduating from the Naval Academy. Uh, the second third of my life or the second period I call the earning phase. We had to um, pay for the kids, you know, uh, um, braces and education, Ivy League education, those sorts of things. Now I find myself in my encore years, my Medicare age years, when I'm hoping that I'm going to share. So hopefully I've leapfrogged on growing and earning to sharing uh, what I've learned in my laps around the sun. I also kind of think of it in terms of uh, your show is a digital savage show. I started off as an analog warrior <laughs> or a savage. Uh, in my earning years, I was a hybrid, analog and digital. And in these years, of course, we have to be digital if we're going to be relevant. So I think of uh, my journey in those three phases as far as technology, going from analog to ones and zeros. Uh, and you did mention a certain date, which was certainly pivotal for our country, 9-11-2001. That also was a defining moment for me on my journey. I um, had not been very physically active for some years because of life, travel, and so on. In fact, 9-11, I find myself in London, England with excruciating back pain. Uh, turned out I had a, a herniated disc, and it resulted in rather major spinal fusion surgery. 
So at the age of 49, fuse your spine at 49 in 2001, I said, what am I going to do with myself? I'm damaged goods. Am I going to let it beat me or am I going to do something about it? So as you mentioned, that Phoenix-like event in September of 2001 really was, um, hey, Dave, get your act together. Um, uh, the glass is half full, not half empty. And what can I do for myself, number one, and then what can I do to share with others learning my journey and hopefully helping others so that they can party past 90, as you mentioned. So that's kind of the abridged version of the Dave Frost uh, lap around a couple blocks a couple times. <laughs> and in terms of kind of obviously introing you and learning a little bit more about you, in terms of the rowing, is that something you've done for a considerable amount of time or a reason you got into that? Wonderful. Actually, it was that uh, spinal fusion, which did did get me back into the zany sport of rowing after a 29-year absence. When I went to the Naval Academy, I wasn't big and strong and fast enough to be a football player. I wasn't uh, nimble enough to be a uh, recognized wrestler, but I did find my way to Harvard Hall, the boathouse, where if you sat down uh, to go backwards and work real hard, uh, some of those uh, uh, perseverance type, uh, types of themes that some of the other uh, wonderful guests have talked about, uh, alchemy, teamwork, perseverance, leadership. Uh, that's what rowing did for me. So at the age of uh, 18, I picked up the sport of rowing, was able to uh, compete uh, at the elite level in college, but then life happened. Uh, the, the Russians were coming. So uh, my naval career was to hopefully keep the Russians from coming. Uh, so um, fitness took a back, not a back burner. I would, I've always wanted to be fit and I've always tried to help Others be inspired to be fit, my, those I coach, my kids, that sort of thing. Um, but it wasn't until I would, found myself as really damaged goods that I turned back to rowing uh, because uh, if you can get up from the chair, you can row. If you're an amputee, you can row. If you're spinal injured, you can row. If you have PTSD, as many of our wounded warriors do, unfortunately, you can row. It's a wonderful therapeutic sport for almost everybody. And um, so that, that is kind of a key ingredient to my, my corpus, my uh, reason for being, and the lessons I've learned about fitness and wellness, many of them come from the people in boathouses and the lessons I've learned about my own journey. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. And in terms of obviously writing the book, what kind of prompt, prompted that and what kind of encouraged that to obviously you go ahead with it and finish it? Yeah, well, thank you. As some of your other guests, I started off as kind of a blogger. Uh, at the, I'm, a, I'm, been a, um, I'm now a master fitness trainer, but I started in certified personal training and uh, journaling uh, what I did for my clients confidentially, but learning from them. And we do learn so much for those we interact with, which is a blessing. Uh, so I started blogging. I was also blessed and still am blessed to be an adjunct professor. So I get to grade an awful lot of papers <laughs> in business uh, classes. So uh, some folks were saying, hey, Dave, you really, you know, you know, you know, the Queen's English, you write pretty well, you get the name Emerson uh, and you are a Frost. You don't write poetry like Robert Frost. Have you ever tried writing? And I got to thinking about it. And some years ago, I said, you know, maybe I do have a book in me, Roman. Uh, let's find out. So about three years ago, I said, okay, let me take the blogging lessons, the almanac that I've built, and see if we can turn it into something that's readable or listenable. It, uh, it's out now in audiobook, ebook, and paperback. Uh, so uh, it's been a three year journey of trying to expand digitally uh, what I've learned uh, to a broader audience, kind of the Metcalf effect or, uh, of the network. 
So here I am as a, um, I don't know if we'll crush it in book sales, but I, I do have feedback. The book launched in June, and I do have feedback that people's lives are impacted in a good way. And that's why I'm on the planet. Um, I want my epitaph to say I help people. I didn't hurt people. So, <laughs> so yeah, three-year journey. Uh, it's 310 pages. Uh, it is uh, it is to be devoured. You know, uh, Roger Bacon said some books are be to be devoured, and I hope that folks, if they are uh, uh, needs that extra uh, impetus to take those first steps of actionable habits, maybe Kaboomer will do it for them as it did for me. Uh, actionable steps are not easy. No one said it is, and yet if you're thinking about an extra decade of longevity and livelihood, I think it's worth it. In fact, I now call myself a physical banker. So Kaboomer, the book, has kind of helped me evolve into a physical banker. That's not fiscal with an F. It's physical, P-H-Y-S-I-C-A-L. And I'm encouraging people to invest in their physical portfolios as if they were looking at their retirement portfolios. So um, that kind of is a Kaboomer. Where did Kaboomer come from? Well, President Obama used the term, but he didn't copyright it. <laughs> so, in fact, in the in the first part of the book, um, I have a knock-knock joke. And the knock-knock goes something like, uh, what's the difference, knock-knock, who's there, a boomer and a kaboomer? Well, what's the difference between a boomer and a kaboomer? A boomer, a baby boomer, may take two pills at a time, while a kaboomer wants to take steps two at a time. And that simple knock-knock really um, helps define one of the reasons that I'm trying to form a Kaboomer movement to get people excited about living longer and living better. Pills or exercise, motion or, uh, you know, pop some prescription drugs, oxytocin, the hugging hormone, or oxycontin for pain. Big differences, you know, black and white, digital, ones and zeros. So, um, uh, I hope that others will learn how to crush it like I've been lucky enough to crush it in the sport of rowing, living longer and living better for your kids and your grandkids and not becoming a burden to society for health care to me is a big deal. So the Kaboomer movement hopefully is uh, um, alive and well and growing. So That's awesome. And you may have briefly touched on it in that response, but what currently motivates you to succeed? Obviously, those motivations may have changed during certain parts of your life, but what currently motivates you to succeed? Here in my encore years, Roman, the thing that motivates me most, believe it or not, is the epitaph that either I'm going to write or somebody's going to write. I've got a couple options. I've looked at epitaphs from wonderful people. I'll mention two, the Canadian uh, humorist, Leslie Nielsen. His epitaph is quite simple, yet says a lot. Let it rip. Let it rip. That kind of sounds like crushing it as a, a digital savage, so I love that one. Uh, I might borrow it. Jack LaLanne, who some people think is kind of the founder of uh, the fitness and wellness movement. Some, uh, maybe your folks your age don't remember him, but I do. You know, black and white TV, Jack LaLanne and Spandex had a lot of um, impressive-looking uh, females around him. Uh, Jack LaLanne's epitaph says, it's better, reads, it's better to wear out than rust out. So my epitaph is what motivates me. Uh, I once um, was unsuccessful in becoming a White House fellow. That was, that's kind of a prestigious thing. Uh, General Colin Powell, lots of very impressive people, um, uh, in executives and naval leaders, military leaders had become White House fellows. I was unsuccessful, um, but I did, in my essay, I wrote that I'd like my epitaph to say something like, informed and committed, he made a difference. So 
my motivation is uh, how I'm going to be remembered after my my last breath is done. Wear out, don't rust out, let her rip, make a difference. Yeah, I think that's important. I mean, personally, like my mindset, I'm 36. So from my 20s to my 30s, I switched over to like leaving a legacy mindset. So helping as many people as possible with obviously the skills and talents I have and possibly guiding them and propelling them to where I am or where I want to be faster and helping them avoid some of the things that people didn't necessarily point out to me and some of the roadblocks that I experienced. Well, you're certainly doing a great job and uh, enjoy your many times around many blocks as you <laughs> as you press on and work toward your epitaph. But make it make it way in the future. <laughs> Thank you. So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Well, if I was to limit it to just one, I would have to share Roman. It's stubbornness. <laughs> I'm um, I'm not a pit bull. And yet I. I like to compete. If I don't win, I want to know that I gave it my gosh darn best. Uh, Sometimes I persist in trying to get people to understand how a watch works instead of telling them what time it is. So um, although it may be considered a weakness to be stubborn, in my case, little Scottish heritage, you know, I'm a little (laughs) uh, Sean Connery and he may be, God rest his soul, I know he passed like uh, Alex Trebek did. Um, last week, but um, stubbornness is one thing that I think I've learned how to modify it, uh, to adapt, and use it as a strength. In the sport of rowing, that persistence, that sticking to it, even if you're, uh, you think you're exhausted, if you can tap um, your inner resources a little more, uh, maybe that's not a weakness. Maybe you can build on that as a strength. So that's number one. My limitations are limitless, Roman, but stubbornness is probably the top one. Yeah, and I think it's how, do, how you utilize something either you know positively or negatively, because obviously if you're stubborn, that can impact business, your relationships. But if you're doing it in terms of a, a self-driving agent to push yourself in whatever you're doing, either you know physical fitness or business or personal life, then obviously you're utilizing that and, and harnessing it for something positive. I hope so. Uh, I hope so. I hope my uh, mom Frost, uh, after she, you know, used to cuff me, I guess we're not allowed to do that as much as parents, but I used to get smacked with a wiffle ball bat for being stubborn and uh, maybe that paid off. Uh, uh, Sticking to it, stick-to-itiveness is not bad. I love Angela Duckworth's book about grit. Uh, So maybe stubbornness does relate to grit and not giving up. So... John Paul Jones, never give up the ship, right? <laughs> yeah, funny with the with the wiffle bat, oh, wiffle ball bat. So I guess I grew up in what the nineties ish in terms of majority of my kind of adolescent years, and I came to the U.S. from Ukraine in nineteen ninety. So my mom would uh, make me stand on a thing of buckwheat with my knees and then hold something above my head. So it's one of those things where both that and my experience are probably in twenty twenty frowned upon, but. I don't see it as kind of, well, in my opinion, a negative. I mean, it taught me some things. Well, your mom gave you a complex exercise, didn't she? She worked your core, she worked your shoulder girdle, and you're a better man for it. So (laughs) there you go. That's the trainer plug. (laughs) Yeah, and and I think me, I think getting into kind of physical fitness, I got into physical fitness really – I mean, with the pandemic and everything, I kind of fell off in terms of my schedule because I'm a foster parent. 
with my wife and my personal life and doing this whole lockdown, we've had, you know, four kids under the age of five, which has been interesting. And in terms of being kind of like everything on Zoom and kids 24 seven, but I started working out uh, when I was, I guess, 18 consistently. So half of my life. Um, I mean, I played sports in high school and stuff like that, but I really see it as something that drove me and added clarity both to kind of like my thought process and focus and kind of like that determination and that kind of um, routine, like that positive routine in terms of how I reacted and how I treated business and my professional endeavors as well. I'll tell you, I, I, I'm nodding my head. I'm sure you saw that, that that is, the, that is the story of so many. And if I could just encourage you as you face the age of 40, uh, that, uh, hey, that's just what life really gets going. Then you'll be in what I call, you're kind of shifting from earning phase and you've already been sharing. Uh, but uh, I do believe, as you said, that your motion, your ability to move stuff, your balance, your stability, I believe that exercise lets you sleep better. It lets you de-stress better. And as you mentioned, in these terrible pandemic times, your immunity is boosted if you move, if you smile, if you get natural vitamin D as best as you can. And if you uh, say, um, we're going to beat this, we're going to beat this together. Uh, immunity is one of those uh, five unhealthy um, or the, the five rings that I mentioned in my journey. I do believe that um, we all can do a better job. This pandemic is not um, egalitarian. It picks on those that are overweight, that those have high blood pressure. It's unfortunately very terrible for multifamily uh, folks. It's uh, terrible for the elderly. And guess what? Dave Frost is in that high risk zone. You know, I'm the one that gets the big flu shot because I'm Medicare aged. Um, I, I don't want that stupid bat face virus a virus to hit my friends. I don't want to hit the community. And I want us to get back to a new normal, not a new abnormal, uh, such as you're facing with your foster kids. So I believe that exercise does bring clarity. There are tremendous studies for exercising the brain. We can regenerate brain cells with exercise. We should. We can offset dementia uh, to, to make it to the next pandemic. And there probably is going to be one. But immunity is a big deal. And if you can find ways, even with those munchkins around, to use them as things to move uh, and just uh, chase them around, that's good exercise. You get your heart rate up. Um, it's wonderful. And, um, and it's life, right? We're on the planet to help raise the next generation. Sounds like you're doing a great job. Uh, but yeah, motion is medicine. If you can find ways to do it, there's some protocols where if you can carve out a few minutes in the morning and a few minutes in the evening, it doesn't take hours and hours. In fact, you can over-exercise. Uh, so if you can just find ways to move to sweat uh, and um, keep keep from having things that happen to folks my age, there are two dreaded S's. One is senescence, which is dormancy. Your, our cells die. We reinvent our bodies every three to four years. Uh, but at older age, you just kind of slow down. Your clock speed slows down. Your digital clock slows down. And, um, you know, you're, you're ready to pack your bags for uh, the afterlife. I'm not ready to do that. Uh, so that's senescence. That's a terrible last. But one that's even more terrible, I believe, is sarcopenia. Oh, by the way, senescence is also from the same root as the U.S. Senate and senile. So you should avoid senescence. And the way to do that is motion to sweat. Sarcopenia is moving stuff. Even if it's lifting those kids, I don't know how big the kids are, but, you know, <laughs> 
lifting them in and out of the car when you can get out and that sort of stuff. Sarcopenia is loss of flesh. If you don't exercise and move heavy stuff, you're going to turn into Artie Johnson on the show laughing. You're not going to be erect. Uh, Tolkien, you know, the uh, Lord of the Rings author wrote, the oak that is strong does not wither. So move stuff to be a strong oak. <laughs> exercise is really good for the brain fog also, like you said. So you've got it. Keep at it. Yeah, and I know a lot of people in terms of business meetings, obviously right now in terms of the workplace, the majority of people are working from home. But prior to that, having meetings like walk meetings and stuff like that, where you get that mental clarity and you get the heart pumping and more focus in terms of possibly making a better business decision. Absolutely. And if I could just add to it as well, there are times to do nothing. So mindful breathing, the heart rate gets up a little, you're anxious, uh, you're a little Zoom fatigued. Mindful breathing helps. If it, helps, if it helps Navy SEALs, special warriors to handle tough situations, it should be able to help us in these abnormal times. So mindful breathing in addition to uh, those, those uh, walking meetings and those, uh, hey, take a break every 15 minutes to stretch. Uh, you know, so you don't get dormant butt syndrome, which is terrible, <laughs> the pain in the butt from sitting too much. Um, there are ways to beat it. We are knowledge workers. We're not out and moving. We're not, many of us are not farmers. What isn't one of the best exercises you can do? A farmer's walk where you pick up heavy stuff and move it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be elegant. You just have to move to sweat. Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you or anything else you have going on? Roman, I'd be happy to. Uh, I Again, I encourage folks to um, uh, try to get past uh, that time of year when resolutions fail. By about February 1st of every year, people um, reach too far and get frustrated when their New Year's resolutions for health and wellness don't work. So please, as we face these next six to eight weeks, uh, pick smaller goals, be success-oriented, you know, Adam McRaven said, make your bed. Maybe it starts with making your bed. I don't know if you can get your foster children to do that, but have them make their bed. Uh, but um, uh, it's really a good time to think about reinventing yourself or building your physical portfolio. So uh, on, in digital channels, I'm DEFP trainer, if you wanted to tweet. Uh, on uh, Instagram, I'm Kaboomer coach. That's with K's, Kaboomer coach. Uh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn. David E. Frost, Facebook, Well Past 40, and my website is Well Past 40. So um, think about that as you approach that uh, fifth decade of your life. Stay Well Past 40. So wellpast40.com, and the Kaboomer book is uh, available wherever fine audiobooks, e-books, and uh, paperbacks are sold. Uh, I'd love it if uh, uh, folks uh, get inspired to build their physical bank accounts. So just consider me your physical banker and let me be a cheerleader for uh, folks being successful to party past 90. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Roman, thank you so very much. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.